We're going to be in Matthew chapter 14. I'm going to invite you to open your Bibles, tap or turn. Everything is in the Version app, Matthew 14, 22 through verse 32. It says like this, immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. And after he had dismissed them, he went on to the mountainside to pray by himself. Later that night, he was there alone and the boat was already a considerable distance from the land buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake when the disciples saw him walking on the lake they were terrified they said it's a ghost they said they said and cried out in fear but immediately jesus said to them take courage it is i don't be afraid verse 28 lord if it's you peter replied take tell me to come to you on the water come he said then peter got down out of the boat walked on the water and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You have little faith. He said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Amen. Two weeks ago, we found uh, the disciples in a storm. It was in Matthew chapter 8. Um, Jesus was on the boat with them on that particular occasion. And then we, we remember, if you don't, I'll recap it for you. There was a storm that came up. Jesus was so tired. He had been ministering the whole day. He's exhausted. He is in the stern of the boat, sleeping on a cushion. That week, once again, Jesus was there with them. So this week we find ourselves in a similar situation, but yet it is distinctly different. There are two different occasions, but the scene is the same. It's still the Sea of Galilee, which is known as a freshwater lake. Um, sometimes uh, they just, we, we just see here what takes place for the disciples. It's the same group of people. They've been in a storm before. Now they find themselves in another storm. One, sometimes it's just one thing right after the other. And several of us could, uh, could relate to that, that before we could take a deep breath and breathe a sigh of relief, it's just like something else takes place. And, and we find ourselves not having the strength to be able to confront whatever's in front of us. This particular account that we're reading out of Matthew chapter 14, it's also found in, Math, it's also found in Mark and Luke. And as I explained to we. Two weeks ago, they, they all were there. They all witnesses, but they all give themselves, they all give their details in a different manner. They all are able to elaborate from their perspective, from their vantage point. So we'll start with Matthew's account, and then we'll reference some of Mark and some of Luke. So here, Jesus has just fed the 5,000 from two fish and five loaves. And can I just stop and thank God for being a God that can do a lot with a little? I can thank him for, 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 for do, being able to do something with just a little. I may just have a little bit of faith today, but with a little bit of faith in God's hands, he can do something great. 
I may just have a little bit of strength. I may just have a little bit of energy. I may just have a little bit of money. But if I just place it in the hands of the master, I am confident that he can do a miraculous work in my life. So if you are here and you're at the end of your rope, and if you feel like you are dwindling, your energy tank, your spiritual energy tank is low, Jesus can do a lot with a little. All you need to do is put it in the master's hands. It all depends in whose hands it is. In my hands, it can only go so far. In your hands, it can only go so far. But in the hands of Jesus, he can do something incredible. He feeds them to the point where they, were, they had enough. And then he dismisses the crowd. Everyone begins to go on their way in their own separate directions. But not his followers, not his disciples. They stay close to him. And he tells his closest believers, the closest believers, to get on the boat. And the King James Version says to go to the other side. And at this time, while they're loading on the boat, Jesus goes up to the mountainside to pray. And there he is alone. And soon enough, the disciples are on their way. And Jesus is about to teach his disciples through a storm that is about to come up. And it is important to remember that they have been in a storm before, but this time it's going to create a different response in them. Last time Jesus was on the boat, but this time he's up on the mountainside praying. And we all go through storms. We all go through storms. There's exterior storms where it is visible, where it is evident that we are going through something, whether it is something in our family, whether it is something as a community, whether it's something as a nation. There are exterior storms where people can understand and people can relate and people can know what is taking place in my life. But there's also those interior storms where where we can smile on the outside but be crying on the inside, where things can seem when we can carry ourselves and we can go through through the everyday actions that we usually go through, but yet we're hurting on the inside. There is just something about going through things. Jesus is about to teach his disciples something that they are about to experience. I'll never forget my U.S. history teacher, Millicent Reynolds, was teaching us about the, the different wars, World, World War II and World War I. She was explaining what the trenches were and, and what she did on that particular day. She was able to line up the desks all together and she was able to make us get crowded one next to another in an uncomfortable position while she was teaching us about what the trenches were. And while I realize and I understand it compares, it pales by comparison to what our, our, our real heroes uh, went through, I, I was able to understand in a different manner than just being able to sit in a desk and hear her talk because she was able to illustrate for me in a way that, was, that still captivates my attention some years later after that. After. Job can teach us a few things about going through things in life. He's going through loss. He's going through sickness. He's going through pain. He's going through suffering. All at the same time. All of it combined together. And yet he, yet, yet he says things like, I know 
my Redeemer lives. He is in the middle of heartache. He's in the middle of pain, but yet he knows that God is in control in every season and for every reason. He says things like, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away, but blessed be the name of the Lord. It reminds me what David said, I will bless the Lord at all times, whether I'm rich, poor, sick, or healthy, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall always be in my mouth. He says things like, I know I'm going through this, but when I come out, I will be like pure gold. When I come out of this, I will be like pure gold. There's just something about being exposed to it firsthand. There's a Chinese proverb that says, what I hear, I forget. What I see, I remember. But what I do, I understand. There's just something about going through things. The disciples are about to learn something. And when God allows us to go, to go through difficult moments, for this, it requires great faith. Faith to know that God is with us. Faith is a substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of what is not seen. With faith, we understand that God is with us. And it is in this moment when the disciples are going through this that the master is nowhere near and it feels as though, though he's distant. A storm comes up. It's the middle of the sea is very familiar to them. They're expert sailors. We know that at least four of them were fishermen by trade. But yet Mark says that they were a distance from the land. Luke, or John rather, says that they were about three to four miles from the land. And all of a sudden they find themselves in this. And Jesus is not there. And they couldn't control the boat. Remember, these are expert sailors. These are people who know what it's like to navigate through seas. And Jesus isn't there to still the storm as he was in the last occasion. He wasn't there so they could go and wake him up and that, yeah, that he could come and speak to the storms, peace be still. And through this unfolding situation, we see that Jesus, he knows our condition. He knows our condition. The Bible says in verse 24, And the boat was already a considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves, tossed by the waves because the wind was against it. Mark 6, 48 says that he saw them, that Jesus saw them straining at the oars. I'm glad that he sees me. I'm glad that he sees you. We have a God that is ever-present. We have a God that is omniscient, omnipresent. We have a God that can do anything. We have a God who sees you. While he is up on the mountain, he has a great view of where the disciples are at because he is God. He sees you where you are at right now. The Bible says in Psalms chapter 31, I will be glad and rejoice in your love for you saw my affliction and knew the anguish of my soul. While nobody else knows that, and while nobody else can comprehend, he knows. He knows. Jesus saw them in that situation while he's up and while he sees them struggling, while he sees them confronting this. He doesn't leave them alone. He saw them and he sees you too. He sees you too. He sees where you're at right now. And then we see in verse 25 that he comes to their side. The Bible says shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. He went 
out to them walking on the He came to them walking on the water. The Bible says that it was the fourth watch of the night. The International Children's Bible, yes, I read the Bible to my kids, says that it was shortly before 6 a.m. The fourth watch was anywhere between 3 to 6 in the morning. So the Bible says that it was in the fourth watch. It was one of the darkest hours in the middle of the night. They had been there for some time. They had been there struggling. They had been there worrying. They had been there not knowing if they were going to survive. But it is in this moment that Jesus walks out to them on the water. He has a way of revealing himself in the darkest moments of our lives. They were afraid. They said it was a ghost because the belief in that time was that spirits of the night would bring about destruction. But for Jesus, it was a way of him showing up in the darkest moment because the light shines dark, brightest in the middle of the dark. He has a way of coming to us in the middle of it all when we don't know if we're going to make it, when we don't know if we're going to survive. He comes to them saying, fear not, it is I. The darkest hour reveals how bright he really is. If the Bible says, in you, Lord, I have taken refuge. Let me never be put to shame. Deliver me in your righteousness. Turn your ear to me. Come quickly to my rescue. Be my rock of refuge and strong fortress to save me. So if you're wondering in the middle of everything you're going through, he can see you. Yes, he can. But he also comes to you. And he says, yes, in the middle of everything, fear not. It is I. He loves you so much to come to you. And when his presence comes, it changes our response. His presence changes our response. Verse 27. But immediately Jesus said to them, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. His word is all we need. His word is all we need. Here he speaks while we know he sees us, while we know he comes to us. Here he speaks not to the winds, not to the storm. No, he speaks to the disciples. He says, fear not. It is is I. His word is so powerful that it can change any circumstance. His word is so powerful that it can change any dilemma. Whether he says, let there be light, or whether he says, peace be still, or whether he says, Lazarus, come out. If his word goes, his word never returns void. His word will always produce change. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And that word was made flesh, and he dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. Glory as the only begotten Son, full of grace and truth. His word comes to them in their moment of fear and says, Don't worry, it is I. It still may be raining, the waves may still be moving, but I am here with you, and it's all you need to change your perspective. His presence is all we need this morning. That while I still may be sick, while I still may be frustrated, while I still may be lonely, but the fact that He says, Don't worry, I am here with you. Don't be afraid. It is I. Don't be afraid. It is I. I come to encourage you this morning that in the midst of what you're facing, God is telling you, I am here with you. I'm here with you. That's what he tells the disciples. He does not speak to the storm. Nothing changes in its surrounding. The only thing that changes is that he speaks to them and says, hey, don't worry. I'm here with you. I'm here 
with you. He spoke to the disciples. That's so awesome. Everything is still taking place. Nothing has changed in the elements. I'm reiterating this. Still dark. It's still windy. It's still raining. But the fact that Jesus is here changes everything. Peter said, if it is you, tell me to come. And Jesus said one word. He said, come. Peter steps out of the boat and walks not on water, but he walks on the word that called him out. Come. Peter gets distracted. Peter was going down, and I just have to thank him. I have to stop right here and thank him for the moments when he showed up in my life when I was going down. When I was going down and the waters and the waves were taking me down, and he showed up and said, it's okay, I'm here with you. Why did you doubt? I just have to thank him for the moments, and maybe you, you can relate to instances in your life when you thought it was all coming to pieces and it was all crumbling down, but he showed up like no one else could show up at the time that no one else did show up, and he pulled you up. He pulled you out of the water. He pulled you out of the circumstance that you were drowning in and said, I'm here with you. I am here with you. He showed up. He shows up for Peter. He stretches his hand. He says, why did you doubt? Why did you doubt? But he t- still, in the midst of Peter's lack of faith, and in the midst of Peter's doubt, Jesus still works with him. They walk together back to the boat. Once again, still dark, still windy, still in the middle of it all, but Jesus is right next to Peter. And Peter survives because of who's on his side. You can walk through anything with Jesus by your side. Because it did not stop until they got back into the boat. What are you walking through today? What are you walking through today that you're fearful of? What are you walking through today that... You need to be reminded that you can walk through it and you can make it with Jesus on your side. When they got back into the boat, the wind stopped and then they worshiped him. Musicians, will you come? They worshiped him. They worshiped him. They said, you are the son of God. If you'll remember in the last instance, when Jesus got up, he spoke to the winds. They said, who is this? What type of man is this that even the winds and the waves obey him? They were marveled at him. But in this instance, after they had gone through something else, it produced a different response. This time they just didn't marvel at him. This time they worshiped him. They worshiped him and they said, truly you are the son of God. And for some of us today in this place, that's a challenge that we're facing. To worship him in the middle of the hurt. And to worship him in the middle of the mess. But worship is not based on the fact of our worthiness. Worship is based on the fact that he is worthy. That while everything may not be perfect, 
he is still God and he's still worthy to be praised. That while I may be wondering how I'm going to make it from week to week, the fact remains that he is God and my life is in his hands. And there's no other place that I would rather have it than in his hands. That while I may still have struggles, I worship you because you're God. I worship you because of who you are. Not just because of what you, what you do, not just because of what you're going to do. No, I worship you because of you, because you are God. If you do nothing else, the fact remains that you are holy. And there is nobody like you. The next day when the crowd left, the disciples stayed. Everybody else takes off, but the disciples stayed because they had an experience that was life-changing. They had an experience that just drew them to Jesus like never before. That, that's what the different trials and the different tribulations that we face to. It produces a faith in us to say, Jesus, I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to stay close to you because I know who you are. I know who you are. You are Jehovah Shammah, the Lord that is here. The Lord that is here. The Lord that is here. That while it doesn't matter who walks in, it walks into my life or walks out. The fact that you are with me, I can go through and I can survive. Could you stand this morning? For just a moment. He is in this place. His presence is here to encourage you in the midst of what you're going through, to tell you, you know what? Don't be afraid, I'm with you. Don't be afraid, I'm with you. And you may say, God, but nothing is changing in my surroundings. Nothing is, I still feel the pain in my body. But he is saying, don't worry, I am with you. It didn't change for the disciples either, but Jesus said, I am with you. And because I'm with you, it's gonna be okay. And maybe this morning, maybe this morning you'd like to make a first-time decision to make Jesus your Lord and Savior. With every eye closed and every head bowed, just raise your hand if that is you this morning. Jesus loves you enough to meet you right where you're at. Here at Impact City, we believe in community and that no one should do life alone. So this morning, we want to pray with you. Maybe you're watching online. We want to pray with you. Everyone, please repeat after me. Lord, I admit I am a sinner in need of a Savior. I believe you are Jesus, the Son of God, who died for the sins of the world. And I confess you as Lord, Savior, and King of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Could we give God some praise for everybody that accepted him this morning?